Weatherin. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy. We are sitting here to tell our listeners we're sitting here on this chilly December day and we're anticipating releasing this podcast in January. I've been working on um, my Advent sermon on hope. Mm. And so we thought we would just share some of those thoughts with our listeners today. We have done podcasts about hope in the past. I think partnering with a promise is a lot about hope. I consider it my life message in lots of ways, so I can always take it, hope, to a new nuance, a new level. Yeah. We're going to release this one in January. Like, what better time than post-Christmas Oh yeah, to release a message of hope? So even as you're tuning in with us today, we bless you to just open up to the possibility that God has hope for you in different areas of your life. As I was um, preparing this message, it's often funny to me, not funny, how the very topic I'm going to preach on becomes an issue in my life this week. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess it's good because I have a a personal commitment that I'll never preach a message that I haven't lived, Mm. like to some degree. Oh, yeah. So you're not just going to show up and kind of blah, 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 blah. You people do this thing because it's important. Share a theory, share a theology, which can be good things. But I feel like the depth and the power of a message becomes because you've lived it. Oh, totally. And so for that reason, I do feel like, oh, good, when I get assigned Advent Hope, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. That's my life message. And man, I was having a trouble this week sort of pushing past something. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. Mm. Not interesting. (laughs) It's a nice way to frame it. Like, what's going on? Don't you know I have a message to speak in a few days and I've got nothing? And then curiosity, because I'm like, I do have, I have stuff to share about hope. I know this. So what's going on here? So Wednesdays, we meet with some friends and we pray. And I always ask them if I'm preaching, if they would just pray for me because no greatness happens without the presence of the Spirit on it. And as I got praying, I was like, man, and why is it, right? I prayed by myself, but no, it's when you pray with other people. Yep. Then I recognize, oh man, some deep emotion. Oh crap, now I'm crying. Ah, yeah, ah, right? All the Mm. things that I love to encourage in other people's lives. (laughs) I was like, man, what is going on inside of me? And I was just like, "Mm, it's the long wait. Yeah. I have so much hope, and I just know that God is going to come through for me. But some things, Amy, we've been waiting for a long time. Mm. And there are things that aren't easy. There are things that, you know, have elements of pain or disappointment in them. And I know this is true for every human. We were created for paradise, born into a world at war. So this whole Advent thing is about waiting for Christ to come. And we celebrate that he came, but we're also waiting for him to come in situations and circumstances with a full resolution or a full restoration or a full reconciliation, all those good R words. And there's parts of my soul where I've been like hanging on for a long time. And without kind of consciously visiting them, it's almost like that little part of my soul that I do have faith in is also looks a bit like a bunker now. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. You know, you're just kind of hanging in there. Yeah, you're bearing down, you're hunkering down, gritting your teeth. Yeah, and it's almost like we have to revisit it once in a while in an honest way because we just go along with our habits of waiting and dealing and wondering and worshiping the things we do. It's like honest acknowledgement before God. Oh, Lord, I guess I'm tired. Tired Mm. of the wait Mm. in this situation. Tired of the pain. I need fresh hope. Yeah. Yeah. And so hope is something that we need fresh. Mm. It's like, we don't just get it once and then that's our hope for the ever. Yeah. And some people are so lucky. They're just so optimistic and positive, which can be totally true, but it doesn't mean there's not little bunkers in their soul Yeah, where they need fresh hope. So this is a little bit about, oh shoot, let's be honest. 
Mm-hmm. We have places of disappointment. Yeah. And in that, I would refer our listeners to go back to um, our Healthy Lament podcast. And so that one has more in-depth steps. But in general, the first step is pour out your heart to God. So, yeah, oh, here we go. I'm just actually going to open the lid of that bunker and and let you in. Mm. Here's my pain. Here's my sadness. Here's my loss. And the second step is remember what the Lord has done or his promises. So this is where I can see we've made progress in this department. Mm -hmm. So this is God's goodness, celebrating that. And what has he promised me about this? He's going to do good stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, the third one is then praise and thanksgiving and worship. It's, got, it's great when you got to practice your own messages. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going through this awkward moment with my friends and then, oh yeah, there's this little bunker in my soul. And then just like opening up, there was a pouring out of my heart as my friends blessed me and prayed for me. I'm just like propelled forward in hope. So ready to preach this message now. Mm-hmm. And I went through, okay, Lord, what story do you want me to focus on out of scripture for this message? And I couldn't settle on one. It was like he was saying to me, this book is a book of hope. Mm. Open it up. So y'all got a Bible. Y'all have access to one. If you live in North America, you can get them online. Get the YouVersion app. You can get multiple translations online. Love that app because then I can compare verses. So you've got access to the Word of God. If you have yucky feelings around reading your Bible, I want you to know right now this is strategy of the enemy. Yeah. Kick him in the keister. (laughs) <laughs> or I was like, really big. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Yeah, I was curious where you were going to go. <laughs> kick them in the teeth, kick them in the crotch, kick them in the butt. What, where were you going with that? Well, I'll say we'll go with Keister. Yeah. And uh, he wants you to not want this book. And you, I guarantee you, because I know it's true of me, I have yucky voices in my head around certain passages, certain ways people have addressed it. I'm sure I've said this on a podcast before. For one year, I read the message, which isn't even a proper translation. It's just a paraphrase. I needed to hear scripture in a new language. I knew that I needed to get away from the things that were keeping me from the word. Mm. So be fierce about this. There's hope in this book. This book is a book of hope. Yep. And so, man, I just, from creation, Adam and Eve screw up. And you're like, there's despair. That's what I live with all the time now. The consequences of sin. And God's there with a plan. There's hope. He has Mm. a plan. And you just go through it. We talked about Abraham a lot in partnering with the promise. I get to Joseph. Joseph's been coming up in my mind a lot lately, me because I'm a mom. Now, I know Joseph's mom died when he was still quite young. And he was his father's beloved son. And his older brothers hated him because he was the favorite. And then he has this dream that he, like... (laughs) That he lets them all know, you're going to be worshiping me! Yeah, super helpful. But hey, we've all been immature and said things that we later regret. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then he gets sent off to prison. And as a mom, I'm thinking... I feel like if one of my kids was such a jerk, lied about the other, uh, abducted the other, sold them into slavery, they ended up in prison, Amy, would you not feel like this is the worst case scenario? Oh, totally. No hope. Yeah. Total despair. Yeah. I would be heartbroken, devastated. I, I, I can't even imagine. Mm. I'm sure if one of my kids went to prison for any reason, I would just be like, this is a disaster. Mm. And yet, this story is recorded for us so that we can know. It wasn't a disaster. Yeah. It was hard. And there was pain in it. Mm-hmm. And there was disappointment. And there was loss. But in it all, God was doing something. Mm-hmm. And he was preparing Joseph for something that any mother would want their child to, to become, in a sense, that he, because he disciplined himself to lean into God rather than give in to despair. And this is where the hope message comes in. We've got stuff going on that doesn't look good. Yeah. 
and we can lay down in despair and that will be the end of our story. Mm-hmm. Actually it is. But for whatever he did, whatever his strategies were, we find him using the gifts God gave him no matter where he found himself. Yep. And the gifts God gave him are the key to him being a catalyst to hope. Mm. And he wasn't in denial. He wasn't like in denial. Like it wasn't like, no, 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 I'm so hopeful. I won't look at anything. Mm-mm. Which is not actually hope. Mm. That's just stupid. Denial. Oh, okay. That's a nicer word. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're not, not talking about, you know, turning your head and pretending like none of the hard stuff is there and going, Jesus will make everything good. It's right. fine. That's not we're, what we're talking about. No. Because if you're dumping a false hope on top of your unresolved or unaddressed pain, that's just stupid. That just makes the underneath fester. It does. And it rots. Yeah. It putrefies and it's gross. Yeah. And it's actually not winsome to anybody. When no. you meet someone with genuine hope and difficulty, oh man, you want to hang around. You want to know about it. You want a taste of oh, that. Yeah. But those people that are doing the happy clappy thing when they're False not being hope. real. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like peace out. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's Joseph, but he still peels himself up off the floor. Mm-hmm. And then he starts using his gifts in prison. Yeah. And he draws favor and eventually, in a positive way, attention comes to him because he's a man who's gifted and who's cultivating his gifts. So even in your, if you're in a prison place right now where you're just like wanting to lay on the floor in despair because stuff is wrong. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't okay. Potiphar's wife lied about him, right? Yeah. Like this wasn't justice. And there he is. So peel yourself up off the floor, having done your lament, and then be just like, okay, what gifts do I have that God wants me to exercise in this situation? Hmm. I feel like this is our key to understanding our role of hope. Okay. What have you been gifted to do? Mm. Do that. Mm-hmm. And favor came on Joseph's life, and he ultimately saved Egypt and his own family. Mm. And so that verse out of Genesis 50, verse 20, which is like such a hope verse for me, Joseph is addressing his brothers who are now like, crap, this is the brother we sold. He has all the power now. Yeah. He's holding the food we need for our children. He's sitting on a throne with soldiers beside him. He can take our lives. Like, Can you imagine, right? You're at the mercy of someone that you recognize you have grievously harmed. The ultimate. Yeah. You're their brother. You should have protected your baby brother, even if he is a turd. Man, all the things, right? right? (laughs) But the reason I love these stories in the Bible is because they're human. Mm -hmm. They are people like us. And what do they have to say to us? So there's hope for the brothers too, Mm, because of Joseph's posture. Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. I love it. What's going on in your life? We don't pretend it isn't happening, but oh Jesus, as you came (laughs) to earth, would you come into the middle of this? Mm. This crap. Jesus was born in a manger. I unapologetically love that. He was born in a poopy barn. He's not afraid of the poop in my life. Come, Mm -hmm. come and be in the middle of it with me. And I believe if I invite you there and I refuse the bitterness, the judgment, the all the self-protecting things we do, that you are going to do something, create something really good out of this because it's who you are. Mm -hmm. It's who you are. Yeah, that God is a God of hope and he's the God of the future. I think what can happen sometimes is, right, we get stuck in the past or we just stay in the present because the thought of hoping seems too big. And sometimes it just seems stupid. Yeah. Clearly, I can't do anything about this. I can't fix it. I can't change it. But God can. Exactly. So invite him into it and worship him a lot. Not in a way that's denial, but that's acknowledging he's good. Mm -hmm. And this book, this book is full of hope. 
from beginning to end, it's the story of people who said yes to God or said no to God. Yeah. And all the people that said yes in the midst of their hardship, it's like this stream of glory through history. And we get to be part of that. Jesus mm. came into it. And I'm really struck again. Of course, we're recording this just before Christmas. But Jesus came to a really broken world, not a lot different than ours. Slavery, oppressive governments, mean religious people. And he was right there in the middle of it. And he just showed up and said, the kingdom of heaven is here. Where I am, it is. And then he says to his followers, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he left. He didn't fix it all. Yeah. I think in our modern world, we can be overwhelmed with the need to fix it all. Yeah. Between the news, social media, like you are bombarded <clears throat> all day long with problems that are not yours to fix. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Here's my strategy. If it's not my assignment, I pray. And that may sound like fluffy, but it is not. I am not the Savior. Mm-hmm. God is. So there's two things I think. A, if it's not my assignment, Jesus, please help. And okay, so I'll pick something really specific. Refugees. I see pictures of refugee camps and it concerns me. I know there's sexual abuse, there's poverty, there's starvation, there's bad things. And it breaks my heart. I don't have a specific assignment around that. I can Mm -hmm. donate money to some things. But God is calling somebody there. Mm -hmm. So I pray for the situation and I pray for those God is calling to be there, that he will sustain them and provide for them and meet their needs. And that's my assignment. Done. The next question is, what is my assignment? Mm. What is my assignment? Yeah. Where in my world do I have an assignment? What are the gifts God's given me? And who are the people I'm in proximity to? Those are kind of the keys. Yeah, because that's the key to bringing the kingdom of heaven. If we're all doing the exact same thing, we're not spreading it. We're not bringing it to earth. We're clustered in all around one thing. When man, God has created us with unique giftings and different aspects of his character so that the different pockets, the different places, the different spheres that will, he'll have little Christ followers around there that's to right. bring light and hope. And use the gifts he's given you. And that's yeah. your assignment. Yeah. And to me, that's really hopeful because it's doable. Mm-hmm. I can, well, I mean, it's bigger than I am without Jesus, but he and I, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be part of that stream of beauty that's all through history. And then there will be a day when there's no more pain and no more suffering, no more tears and no more dying. Jesus said that's coming too. Yeah. And he said when that day comes, he's going to make all things new. Mm-hmm. And so that's a hope message for me. Oh, yeah. So I want to be like Abraham. I think it's in um, Romans, Romans 4.18. It said when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. And so, yeah, if you look at the world around you, maybe by your circumstances, you would say there is no reason for hoping. But God. Yeah. He's, he's there in your story. And we have this whole book full of hopeful stories of where people leaned in and said yes to God. God did something so amazing, mm-hmm. so mind-blowing that altered nations and the course of history. Yeah. And there's some practical things we can do to protect our hope. Such as? Such as, man, if you are constantly watching the news or constantly scrolling through Facebook and Instagram of all the the tragedy, all the brokenness, all the pain, and that's all you're ingesting, man, a way to protect your hope is maybe shutting some of that off. You know, not crawling in a hole and being oblivious to things, but just recognizing if I'm ingesting brokenness, you're going to get a stomachache. And feeding on it, you're going to get a stomachache. So maybe it looks like not watching the news all the time. Yeah. And pick up the Bible and just read a story. Yeah. Don't even worry about the theology parts. If that's intimidating, just read a story. 
mm-hmm. and see God's goodness there. That's yeah. your daily bread right there. Right. Another way of protecting hope is to engage in some dreaming. Go back, listen to our podcast, Wide Awake and Dreaming, because that's a way that you fuel, protect, and build your hope. Yeah. Because it's by there's dreaming things you with can Jesus. Do, and you can cultivate things that lead towards those dreams. Who knows what they're going to look like? Joseph started with a dream. He yeah. got horribly crushed. And God gave him the dream. God made the dream happen. Exactly. Another thing that just is so important for me is constant worship. Mm, I start my day every day with worship, like put music on that speaks to me, that points my heart towards God. It resets. He's God and I'm not today, but he's in it all. Mm, Yeah. So worship and praise and thanksgiving. I'm sure I've said this on a podcast before, but to me, complaining is quoting the enemy. Mm. So if you're finding yourself complaining, you need to stop it because that feeds hopelessness Mm -hmm. and start praising and worshiping God. Where do you see him? In the smallest things, Amy. I've stood there and held like a piece of fresh bread in my hand and God, God, thank you for this. Thank you. Celebrate even those small things. Yeah. But it orients our heart toward the bigness and goodness of God, Mm -hmm. not to denial of other things, but putting things in their proper order. Yeah, exactly. Focus on the right things. So as we leave our listeners today, we are praying that you would be receiving so much hope. This benedictions from Romans 15, 13, and it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, so we don't conjure it up ourselves. It comes from God. That God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So may you be filled to overflowing with confident hope as you go further up and further in. Thank you.